You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Cardinals is a daily podcast talking everything St. Louis Cardinals. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. My name is Lucas Smith, at LJ Fastball is my Twitter handle. Please follow me there. You can keep up to date on everything Cardinals. I react to each pitch almost during the game. I'll share my episodes on that Twitter account until we get a show account as well. At LJ Fastball, tweet me with your questions. I am more than happy to answer them either on Twitter or talk about them in the show if you guys want to hear something to talk about during the show. I'm really happy about the response uh, from yesterday's show, my first show as the host of this podcast. Got a lot of downloads, so thank you for listening. Keep it up. Uh, the Cardinals get to play baseball tomorrow um, against the Chicago Cubs. It's their first game back in over a week. I'm super excited. Can't wait to watch that. I think it'll be Jack Flair on the mound. But we're going to go ahead and talk about that in a bit. Uh, we'll preview the series versus the Cubs, talk about probables. Again, it'll be their first time playing in nine days. How can they bounce back? And it'll be interesting to see different starting positions are going to change up a little bit because of the new roster. Uh, the Cardinals have had have made some additions over the last couple of days. I talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'm going to break those down a little bit more today, bring some stats into it. I'm a big stat guy. You'll be hearing a lot of that throughout the podcast and we will go ahead. I'm, I'm going to say what I think should happen with the catcher position, uh, what happens needs to happen with third base shortstop and the DH position with DeYoung going down, as well as different bullpen roles that the Cardinals are going to need to define over the next couple weeks. And again, just all of this depends on how long these COVID-19 cases last for these players. Just to recap on who the Cardinals have lost because of the COVID-19 virus, Yadier Molina, Paul DeYoung, Rangel Rovella, Edmundo Sosa, Junior Fernandez, Cody Whitley, and Carlos Martinez. The uh, Cardinals are down six of them because of COVID. Carlos Martinez was never disclosed, but we think uh, it is COVID-19, but I'm not going to speculate, uh, but he is on the IL. The Cardinals are plus Alex Reyes, Hannesis Cabrera, Roel Ramirez, who's a career minor league right-handed pitcher, Max Schrock, who saw some time in summer camp, and Jose Godoy, who is a catcher. Um, Third-string third catcher is going to be now. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but So these Cardinals have position questions to find themselves. The roster size shrinks to 28 today. It'll stay that way for a while. So that's why you only see five uh, Cardinals coming back and uh, after these seven subtractions. Uh, but with the catcher position, it, it, this is an interesting one because you have Matt Wieters and Andrew Kisner are the two really vying for that starting role. And I don't think you can have a wrong option here. I think it needs to be Kisner. But that, that's no disrespect to Wieters. He played Great last year. His average is only 214, but he slugged 435 with that uh, average. Um, and his weighted on, on base average was 292. So, I mean, he had some big home runs. He had 11 home runs in just 67 games last year for St. Louis. I don't That doesn't go unnoticed. Drove in 27 runs. So I think that that's something that the Mike Schultz is going to reward to start. I think Wieders gets the starting nod early. But don't forget about Andrew Kistner. This guy is the catcher of the future for St. Louis. He has done nothing but hit as he's gone along in his career. 2016 at Rookie Ball was his first year. He hit 319. 
2017, he moved up to single A, hit 279. Up to double A that same year, hit 324, 313, 2018 at double A, 315, 2018 at triple A. 2019 took a step back in terms of average, 276, but his batting average on balls in play is 281 that year. The year before that, it was 370. So when this guy puts the ball in play, he puts it in play hard. He's slugged over 400. Every year he's been in the minor leagues. His walk percentage has gone up every year. His strikeout percentage has gone up at a slightly lower tick, and it stayed about the same in the last two years, 13.1% to 13.2% between 2018 and 2019. Uh, I think this guy is legit. I think we, we, all, we all thought that, though, with uh, Dylan Car- or not, not Dylan Carson, um, Carson Kelly, rather, who got traded to Diamondbacks. But I think this guy has done nothing but hit in the minor leagues, and I think he's around to stay. But that said, I will say that Matt Wieders gets to start to uh, at least start the uh, Molina-less Cardinals for now. Uh, and depending on how long he's out, that could allow Kisner to get some ABs in there at the DH spot, depending on platoon matchups and all that good stuff. But Kisner will probably stay in the backup role for now as Wieders has definitely earned that spot. He, I think he will get that to start the season for Mike Schilt and the Cardinals. Um, and, and speaking of the DH, we will have some shifting around there with uh, Paul DeYoung going down. Not sure. It's not necessarily who plays in terms of playing time. It's just a matter of who plays where. Because uh, you got Brad Miller, who was just activated as well. I forgot to mention him earlier. Uh, but Brad Miller seems to be the DH spot. But in my opinion, it it shouldn't be. It, it's leaning this way a little bit. Edmund, I think Edmund should shift from third to short. Miller go to third and Carpenter to DH because Carpenter's defense has just been subpar the last couple years. I think that he has earned a chance to prove himself with the bat. I'm okay with that. Um because of his uh, good spring and good summer. Hopefully he can get it going a little bit during actual season. But, I mean, if you look at his advanced fielding metrics, uh, his, his range runs per average, which is um, measurement of range, are all in the negatives at every position he's played at. Uh, third base there at negative .9. Or, no, I'm sorry, negative 14. His defensive uh, plate runs is negative .9. Um, so I just think that Carpenter is best suited at the DH position, and he has seemed to be okay with that. Uh, he, he's talked about wanting to do what's best for the team, and this is the same guy that last year in Game 5 of the National League Division Series told Schilt in the first inning, hey, take me out, put somebody better in at defense at third base. We're up by 10, or we're going to win this game. We don't need me at third base. So I think that he's a guy that's going to be the DH, and I think he's okay with that. So I think Miller should get the nod at third or Edmund at short. And if, if Miller would rather play short and you, you want Edmund at third, uh, to kind of keep him at third, keep him comfortable, that's fine. I think those two are interchangeable. Um, and I really think, too, that it depends on if it's a left-handed pitcher in terms of if you want Miller or Kisner, because I think Dis- Kisner's a good DH option, and Kisner's also a good option off the bench, especially now that you have... Uh, Kisner's a good option off the bench, especially now that you have uh, Godoy in there as a backup. And Brad Miller is nothing to sneeze at. He only hit 260 last year across two teams. He played with Philly and Cleveland last year. His batting average on balls in play was 294, so I'd like to see that. Walk percentage extremely high, 10%. That's up from 8% last couple years. Um, and just and that was uh, in 79 games. He hit 13 home runs. So, I mean, this, this guy can play. It's just a matter of, uh, of what, what, what player is going to show up this year. He's also had seasons where he's batted 201, 243. So if he can bat 260, hit a couple home runs for the St. Louis Cardinals, I think that's a win for St. Louis. And I think that they can uh, get the most out of that signing. And I think it's going to end up being a bigger signing than they thought it was going to be. 
With that said, I'm going to go ahead and give you my prediction for what a lineup will look like for St. Louis. Again, this is going to be a very fluid lineup. Schilt has proven that he's going to play the hot hand. Uh, whoever is hitting well is going to play, and I think that's, that's the way you got to play it, especially in this 60-game season. So around the in, uh, outfield, I think it'll be O'Neal and left, Bader and center, Fowler and right for now. Weider is going to catch Miller at third, Edmund at short, Wong and Goldie on the right side, and Carpet the DH. And what that looks like in the lineup is what, I, is what I'm going to say. I think Wong, Edmund, Goldie stay the same three at the top. And I really like what Tyler O'Neill has done. He hit a couple home runs in the first five games, so I think he moves up to the cleanup spot. Carp moves up one spot to hit fifth. Weeders in the sixth hole, and then Miller, Fowler, and Bader to end it out. I mean, I talked about Bader a little bit in my recap of the season yesterday and his ineffectiveness against a breaking ball. I think Lane Thomas will end up getting some playing time and get to prove himself. Dylan Carlson's a question mark whether he gets brought up. Um, but I think that'll be the lineup that's thrown out there tomorrow against Chicago. Um, but like I said, Schilt has shown he's going he's gonna to play the hot hand, and I, I trust his evaluation. He showed us that last year with a guy like Giovanni Gallegos in the bullpen, and that's going to be the same thing he's going to have to do this year with a fluid bullpen role. Ryan Helsley... I think it's been the most effective Cardinal reliever all year. I think he should get the starting nod. Two and two-thirds scoreless innings, 25% strikeout rate for him. But I think that he deserves it. However, Andrew Miller has the proven experience that Schilt likes, so I think he will go ahead and get the original nod at the closers role. But you also got guys that can close, such as Alex Reyes, if you want to put him in a one inning to, to manage his workload. Junior Fernandez is an option. Um, and obviously, like I said, Giovanni Gallegos, that was his role near the or he was a setup man last year so it would be natural for him just to move down one inning it's just a matter of who's hot and what you want to do with the workload for guys like Reyes Cabrera and Gallegos who didn't get a full spring camp or summer camp because of the uh, they got hit with COVID-19 and stuff like that but like I said I think Helsley's the option um, he, he's done really well this year but again it will be Andrew Miller just to start the year at the not start the year but start the COVID-19 era of the Cardinals uh, as a closer uh, and, and I'm okay with that, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what other roles start to develop as the season moves along. And uh, But we won't know any of that until games are played, and we will have uh, baseball played on Friday, and I'll preview that series in just a moment. But with this being my second podcast, some of you guys might be wondering, how can I support you? How can I support the podcast? You'll, you can do that by supporting our sponsors. One of our sponsors is rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is a unique and remarkably easy place to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on on their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. So I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without even leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world today, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. 
I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get everything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 off for free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Cardinal baseball returns tomorrow against the Chicago Cubs. They'll be the first time playing in nine games, and I will recap that one tomorrow after the game, so you won't be hearing from me until after the Cardinal game tomorrow. But I will be tweeting about it, at LJ Fastball. You can follow me. I won't be live tweeting the game pitch by pitch, but I will be giving you my reaction to things that happened throughout the game. And if you have a question about something, why this happened, and feel free to shoot me a tweet as well, at LJ Fastball, for my in-game analysis. And my post-game analysis will be coming up. I will post that after the game on Friday. Give me a little bit of time to record and edit and all these things, but I will post the podcast episode after the game tomorrow. But the Cubs are going to be a tough customer for St. Louis. Cubs come in 10-2. and uh, record and that is the highest win total, tied highest win total with Minnesota heading into Thursday. That's today. Chicago Cubs offense is legit. They're averaging 5.25 runs per game. That's good for eighth in the league. Again, Cardinals offense has been a big question. They're only averaging 3.6 runs per game in their first five games played. So Chicago is the real deal. Um, it'll be a, a tough series against the Cubbies in St. Louis. We're going to go ahead and, and preview for it. The problem is for St. Louis, they're going to start right at the top of their rotation. It'll be Flaherty, Wainwright, and then Dakota Hudson. For Chicago, based on uh, their rotation, it'll be Lester Friday night, Alec Mills, and Kyle Hendricks will get the Sunday night start. Um, all days are going to be tough for different reasons. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, August the 7th, first pitch, 7:15. John Lester gets the nod. John Lester's had a good start to his year. He uh, in, in two starts, he's got one win. He went five innings against Cincinnati and didn't give up a run. He went six innings against the weaker offensive team in Pittsburgh, gave up one run, struck out four. So he's 2-0 this year so far. Uh, got an ERA of .82. Great start to his, his campaign. So we'll look to him to keep that going. But his career against St. Louis has not been as kind to him. He's 8-6 and in 20 games started. Uh, it's 3.26 ERA, 106 hits in 121 innings. He's given up 16 home runs. He's walked 38 men. Uh, his whip is 1.2. Uh, um, one wild pitch in there, a couple hits batsmen. So his ERA um, is not terribly high against St. Louis, 8-6 and six overall. So we'll see if that trend continues. Uh, but the Cardinals have some some good news in their starting pitcher. They've, they've got Jack Flaherty. Uh, who had seven strong innings in his season debut, striking out six Pirates. His ERA is going to start at 2.57. Uh, and his career against Chicago is very, very good. In 10 games against Chicago, it's nine starts. He's 3-2, and two, but he's got a 2.7 ERA, 59 strikeouts in just 50 innings. So with his slider and fastball combo, look for him to keep that success rolling against the Cubs. Two workhorses in Lester and Flaherty. Moving on to Saturday, we have a little bit of a Contrast and starters. We got Adam Wainwright versus Alec Mills. Old versus young. Wainwright is going to be looking for career win 164. His career against Chicago is not very kind to him. Um, in 
50 games, 41 starts. He's got 16 wins, but his ERA is 4.15. Uh, 260 hits and just 256 innings, 1.3 whip for him against the Chicago Cubs, and uh, so and he's never really pitched well against Chicago, like I, you know, as I just mentioned in his career. Uh, but you know, some of that has been in his in his weaker years as a career-wise look. As you look at it, he's given up 22 home runs against Chicago. That's uh, his second, third most against any team uh, in his career. Granted, it's larger sample size. Uh, but he pitched well in his one start before the COVID shutdown for St. Louis. He went six innings, striking out five Pirates, gave up um, an earned run for 1.50 with his starting ERA. But Alec Mills has had a great start to his year. Uh, against Cincinnati, he went six innings, gave up two runs and three strikeouts in his first start. And his last start against Kansas City, uh, he went seven strong, walked three, struck out four, but no earned runs. So he will look to keep that success rolling. So the first two days, Cardinals are going to have to face two hot pitchers in Lester and Mills. And I think that that's going to not bode well for St. Louis, especially considering their offense is going to be slow. And then on Sunday, they got a Sunday night baseball, 6 8 first pitch, Hudson versus Hendricks. You got two sinker balls on the mound. Hudson's going to be key for him to keep the ball on the ground. His career ground ball percentage is 57.3%. Um, and that, that's really good. His first year out of the bullpen, was it was 60% when he had a 2.63 ERA. And um, his second year as a starter last year was 56%, and he had a 3.35 ERA. He left some balls up in his first start. Um, he only went four and a third innings. His ERA is going to start at 8.31 and gave up two home runs. Not what you like to see from Dakota Hudson. But Kyle Hendricks is a little bit of a different story. Uh, he has three starts on the year so far. His first start against Milwaukee was fabulous. Nine innings. Uh, nine strikeouts, three hits, all to the same guy. He's three pitches short of a Maddox, which he has thrown against the Cardinals in the past. 103 pitches. For those of you who don't know, a Maddox is when you throw a complete game in under 100 pitches. He's done that before against St. Louis. Uh, Cincinnati was his next start. Not as great. Four and a third, six earned. And then his most recent start against Kansas City was on the right track. Seven innings, two earned on three Ks. So if the trend continues in terms of good start, bad start, good start, Hendricks is in line for a bad start against St. Louis. But history will tell us that that's not very likely. In his career against St. Louis, Mr. Hendricks has a career ERA of 2.93, 8 wins and just 18 starts, 113 innings, 104 hits, just 37 earned runs. Uh, so he's been very good, a 1.1 whip against the St. Louis Cardinals. Very good against St. Louis in the past, so that'll be a tough customer for St. Louis. But overall, we have a, really a, a contrast of two teams in terms of their strengths and weaknesses. Cardinals have uh, a weaker offense, like we talked about earlier. They're only averaging three and a half runs per game uh, compared to the Cubs, 5.25. Cardinals are only hitting 217 as a team with a 281 on base and a 382 slugging. 25% strikeout rate. Compare that to Chicago uh, as a team. They are hitting a whopping. 241 as a whole team. They've got guys hitting high average. Jason Kipnis is 429 average in, in four starts. Um, Victor Caratini has a good, done a good job as a backup role. Wilson Contreras, great start to his year, 308 uh, with three with two home runs. Ian Happ and Anthony Rizzo with three home runs each. So that offense for the Chicago is legit. But you look over their bullpen, which is a huge weakness for them. Their ERA through their first 12 games, 720. Uh, you got struggle struggles in Dylan Maples, who has an 18 ERA. Brad Wick, who has an 18 ERA. James Norwood, who has a 16 ERA. All these guys have pitched at least an inning and a half. Um, and again, you got Craig Kimbrell with his his struggles as well. Gave up two home runs in his last couple starts. 
Meanwhile, over to St. Louis, their bullpen has been a huge strength when their starters haven't been able to finish five innings. Their bullpen has stepped up. Helsley has two innings. John Gant has two innings under his belt. Austin Gomber has done a good job in relief with three innings. Bullpen ERA is .98. Their uh, fit fielding, imp- fielding independent pitching, which you want low, is 2.18. Uh, they have a batting average Batting average on balls in play against St. Louis relief pitching is 122. Uh, so the bullpen has been a real strength. The starters for each team have been eh. Cardinals starting bullpen area is 584, which is not good. You had a couple bad starts with Martinez and um, Dakota Hudson. The ERA for the Cubs is really good, 1.95. Um, so it'll be it's just two contrasts of, of teams in terms of strengths. I think it'll be a good series. I'm just excited to have Cardinal baseball back. And I will be excited after the game tomorrow to talk about it, win, lose, or draw. But like I said, I will talk about the game tomorrow after the game has happened, obviously. So look forward to that reaction posted to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe to it, like it, follow it, um, and and rate it as well. You can head over to Locked On Cubs to get their perspective on the upcoming Cardinals series. But that will do it for me. My name is Lucas Smith. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll